everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Biz Time with Asia. This is episode 214. I am so excited for today because we have Anne Choquette on the show today. If you guys are not familiar with her, then you're probably living underneath a rock because she is the former editor of Seventeen Magazine. All of my interns know her as a guest judge on America's Next Top Model, which is totally how I recognize your face for sure. And she is also the author of this new book called The Big Life, which I was so lucky to be able to receive an advanced copy of. Can we just talk about how cool that is? Made me feel really special. Um, And we're here today to talk about The Big Life and what that means. And then also one of my favorite parts of the book was talking about how your squad plays a big part in that. But Anne, do you want to introduce yourself? Anything different than I already just said about you? So I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you, Asia. Yeah. It's so exciting. Um, I Look, this is such a big moment for me. Um, I was editor-in-chief of Seventeen. Yeah, right. I was on America's Next Top Model. I was one of the launch editors of Cosmo Girl magazine. I've had this very long view of the changing tastes and values of young women And we are in a moment of tremendous possibility. And that's what the big life is about. The big life is not about, let's not get confused, right? It's not about money. It's not about, it's really not about uh, success in like an old idea. It's not, it's not, let's be clear. It is not about having it all. This is about crafting a life on your own terms that works for you. Mm -hmm. It's It's about seeing all the possibilities that are out there, exploring everything and putting together pieces that make you feel strong and smart and capable and, and like you're having meaning in the world, right? right. Nobody wants to come home and like tip cat food into a bowl and then <laughs> eat cold pizza sitting in front of the TV, right? We all want something that feels meaningful, something that feels exciting. We want adventure and we want our careers to have twists and turns and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to sit still and just wait to be promoted. Totally. And so that's what we're here to talk about is like, how do you get life on your own terms that's meaningful to you? Totally. And I love that because it's such a basis of this podcast is talking about your business and how you can make your business what you want it to be. So for a lot of us, we like the big life for us is running our own businesses. Um, but then even when you get in there, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle and start kind of doing things everyone else's way. And the big life really is doing things your own way and like forging a path. It's kind of scary, I guess. You know, that's like, it's, a, it's a thing. I think instead of feeling scared, it should feel energizing, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's real energy there that it, that there's, it's not, um, you know, we see again and again that the old way of doing things in business is really not connecting totally. in a modern way, totally. specif- especially for women, right? Like women have a greater opportunity. They're better educated than ever before. Mm -hmm. They have a greater opportunity than ever before to, um, pave their own way and, and build the, build their own business, right? Like if you are building your own business, you are a hundred percent making it your way. One of the women I interviewed for the book said, um, she really felt, uh, I mean, certainly the recession was a defining moment for most millennials, Mm -hmm. but she, but she put it so clearly. She said, look, 
in 2009, 2010, you had a choice. You could either invest in a system that was broken mm-hmm. and not going to, and not going to reward you, or you could take a bet on yourself. Right. And so this is a whole generation of young women that have bet on themselves. You know, that's so funny that you say that because it's weird to like resonate with like a moment in history. I'm 27. And so I feel like still super young, but I'm like, whoa, like the, the recession really was like a moment in history that affected my life. Um, Because I graduated college in 2011, so it was right around that time. And people ask me all the time how I was able to stay where I live in San Luis Obispo. It's a little expensive and there's not many jobs. And I was like, well, I had to start my own business. That was the only way. But looking back, I didn't realize that was like a thing that I was doing intentionally. But you had to do that because there was no other opportunity for you, Um, which like how how amazing. Let's talk about this for a minute because it's interesting. So when I became editor-in-chief in in 2007, editor of 17 in Mm -hmm. 2007, that was the year of Lauren Conrad, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the biggest – all you wanted to do was to be blonde and drive around in your Mercedes SUV around Southern California and drink Frappuccinos and like talk to your friends about guys. And like it was fun. And Lauren is an ambitious woman, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't, that certainly wasn't what the Hills wasn't about her ambition. It was about the drama with totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so fast forward to the middle of the recession and we're making our frappuccinos at home and we're shopping in our closets (laughs) and instead of, you know, an entire generation of women, instead of feeling smaller Mm -hmm. or seeing their horizons diminished, they saw opportunity and took matters into their own hands. It wasn't mm-hmm. assumed anymore. It was like there used to be a generation of young women that just assumed they would be successful. Yeah. But this is a generation that that had to fight for it and totally. work for it and get motivated. And that's where we are today. Yeah. These are the, we are we are at a moment where those young women, you mm-hmm. are taking the reins of the future right. and we should just let you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll do it. We'll take it. If you insist, Anne, if you insist. And I think that that's like a really great segue into talking about like our squad because something so interesting, I don't know if you guys know this, um, that I do like a pre-interview before we interview. So we can kind of chat. And so when Anne and I were chatting, she was like, squad wasn't a thing like when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. And that's like mind blowing to me because it's always been a thing. But then I realized like, let's say like you talked about Taylor Swift in the book and how she is such a strong squad and who Taylor Swift was for me and when I was like in high school was like well, who Britney Spears Britney Spears didn't have a squad like at all you never saw her like rolling with someone else um, in fact they pitted her against it was like exactly what Christina. are Britney and Christina totally. fighting about yes. now and, and it, like, it really was it was like there wasn't room for more than one person at the top and you had to totally. fight tooth and nail to be there and that's yeah. Such an old way of thinking about yeah. power. The idea that you think about power like a pie that says, if uh-huh. you have a bigger piece than me, then my piece gets smaller. Oh yes. It's an old way of thinking. Right. If you have power and I have power, the pie gets bigger. Oh, my God. Can we just like – that's such a tweetable. That's so, that's so good. Power is not a pie. I'm going to like write that on my forehead or something. And it's so true. And I think I wonder if that is, does have something to do with the fact that like we need – women need more support now than we did before. And like doing this thing. So we have to have this squad because we're having to forge our own path. Well, it's true. It's And so when – the importance of the squad is to find people who believe in you, right? right. And that's – it might not be your mom. It might not be her. She's – not that she doesn't love you and want right. to see you succeed, but she doesn't understand the way – 
business and the world works totally. now, right? It's totally. very different from when she was working or is working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not your boss, right? Your boss is invested in a system that the rules are there and she grew up in those rules and she right. needs to follow them, right? Yeah. And so who do you find that believes in you and your vision for the world? And that's mm-hmm. your squad, totally. right? And it's pro- and it might not be your best friends, to right. be honest. Like your best friends are the girls who like – they, they, they hear all the details about your Tinder dates. They, they might've been the girls who like held your ponytail when you barfed in college, right? They might have been, they, their vision for themselves might be different than yours. So you need a squad of chicks who believe in you and your vision and then want to help you succeed. And the, and what I love about this is it's not cold networking, going into mm-hmm. a conference room with a glass of, of warm Chardonnay in one hand <laughs> and a stack of business cards in the other, yeah. that this is, these are sisterhoods of young women coming together to trade tips and tricks regularly, right? And it's, yeah. and you know, as part of the research of this book, I had a series of dinners at my place and um, my dinners were different women every time, but they often went off and had their own, continue to have their own, I call them the badass babes dinners oh, because, I love it. Because, they're, because they're women you want to be around, right? right? And my formula is very simple. Pizza and rosé and conversation. So easy. Right? And, I, and I had a series of questions that I took people through. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would love for everybody who's listening to this podcast to start hosting their own badass oh, babes dinners. Yes. Um, go to my website, go to annshoquette.com, sign up under Badass Babes. Tell me you want to host a dinner. I will send you the guide oh, for free um, so, so that you can host these dinners. I want, I, these dinners have been so meaningful and the conversations are so powerful that women come away and they tell me they've been transformed by these questions. Their possibility feels larger yeah. and, and they feel, and it also feels more within their reach. And so um, I want everybody to have I'm, to come away from that with that feeling. And do that. I'm totally actually going to do like my very own episode using those questions with your permission, of course. Yes. And I love them so much, and I think that they're so like introspective. Can you give us an example of like one of the like one of your favorite questions you ask? Well, the first question I always ask is if I could solve any problem for you, Mm. what would it be? And it doesn't mean that I can, but it helps you get really clear about what's standing in your way between you and your dream. Right. The second question I always ask is, what did you imagine your life would be like when you were 16? And isn't it funny how like a lot of people's, it, it lines up to what they really do want their life to be like? Like it's, and it's, I, yeah. it's not funny. It's real. It's I've real. <laughs> the most I've interviewed the most powerful women in the country. Yeah. I have interviewed Madeline Albright. I've interviewed Ariana Huffington, Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the list is massive of these women. Martha Stewart, and they all can remember exactly what they wanted to be yep. when they were sixteen years old. Because that's the moment when you first start to get enough perspective mm-hmm. to see what your possibility is, and mm-hmm. you are pure potential. You are all possibility in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, and I believe that we spend our lives trying to honor that 16 year old totally. dream. Totally. When I, when I was 16, um, I, uh, I remember very vividly, I told my punk rock friend, Jen, that I wanted to move to New York city and become a writer. Oh. And we, and Jen turned to me and she had, she had pink bangs and she looked at me through her pink bangs with a lot of black eyeliner. And she said, I'm dubious. Oh, and I, 
And I didn't know. I didn't know what dubious meant, actually. <laughs> but I knew it wasn't good. Not good. Not good. No. Mm-hmm. And when I looked it up, oh, my God, I was really hurt. Yeah. Um, okay. So and... Jen is not part of your squad, needless to say. No. <laughs> well, you know, Jen is so – that's interesting. No. Um, and But I kept it from her, right? I was like, okay, great. We don't have to talk about my dream. But I never yeah. stopped wanting it. Yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to move to New York City and to be in the mix of exciting things and go to parties and make out with rock stars and have deep, important conversations. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I have spent my entire life trying to live that 16-year-old dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, look. Isn't it funny how it changes? Like, it, like, still the foundation is the same. Um, Like, I wanted, when I was 16... I thought I, I wanted to be a magazine editor, which is so funny because now I, I am one, but not in the way that I thought my 16-year-old self thought it would be. Because as I go on, I realize that, that the only part of that that I really wanted was that I wanted to be able to mentor. I wanted to take great photos. Um, and I wanted to kind of show off like what, my, what I loved about my life um, in ways that would help other people love their lives in the same way, which is what I do with my magazine. But when I was 16, I thought that meant I was going to work corporate. And that's not what that looks like now. Well, and you know what? I tell women this often. They say, well, I don't know what I wanted to be when I was 16 or like the thing that you wanted to be so badly when you were 16 doesn't really exist anymore. And I I say, what was the feeling that you wanted from that dream? Mm -hmm. And that's what you chase. Mm -hmm. You chase the feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be in the mix and to be in the know and to be at the center of what was happening in the world. And so even though, you know, um, this is my first book, right? I've mm-hmm. been, I have been chasing this dream for a long time. And yes, I've been a writer and I've been at the, at the, you know, I've been the editor in chief of a legendary brand. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was all about that feeling that I've been chasing. And yes. that's what I tell women is focus on what it feels like. Totally. Are you familiar with Danielle Laporte? I know Danielle. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So she has like the core desired feelings, you know, and her whole thing is like you don't need like a goal. You need like a feeling that all of your goals can kind of like be the goal. The feeling can be like the umbrella underneath it. And I think that's so so powerful because it manifests itself in so many different ways. But it's still almost it's like you're you're branding your goals, you're branding your life. And then as long as whatever you do fits that brand, then it's going to be amazing. And it's so much less limiting than saying like, oh, this is the only thing I want to be. Well, that's that. a very new idea, right? Of thinking right. of yourself as a brand. Yes. We didn't that and that and and um I think that does help you get focused about what you oh, have yeah. to offer mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um but I want to get back to the squad mm-hmm. because I think I think there's actually some real service for your listeners about how do you find your squad Absolutely. and how do you craft your squad mm-hmm. because it's not easy to find people who believe in you and right. who you and who see the world the way you do, especially if you're not like if I don't know, not everybody wants to live in the middle of Manhattan or right. you know in the middle of LA. Like you want to live, you want to be where you are and that yes. sometimes not everybody believes in you. And right. so there I there's a couple of things. First of all, if there are no people, if you find yourself on an airless planet where people do not <laughs> believe in your possibility, I believe that you should fill your feed, fill your social media feed, your YouTube channel, fill everything with the people who inspire you, who you want to take something from them. Mm -hmm. So Michelle Fawn, um, the massive mega beauty vlogger, wrote the forward of my book. I think she's in my squad because I reach out to her and she supports me and I support her. And we like, we're not best friends, but her mission in the world Mm -hmm. um, resonates with me so supremely. And I know that what I'm doing 
connects with her. And like, let's talk but about also, how like different your your like she is like a makeup makeup YouTuber, and you are like a a book writer. You know, there's that's so different, and it's so well, important what, to remember that that you can be totally different. What connects us is the idea that we both want women to see their possibility differently. Yes, we want. Um, you know, Michelle has created a whole entire business that didn't exist like a half a decade ago. (laughs) And she inspires women, not only to feel more beautiful and to feel more capable, but she shows them that the things that you're interested in the world Mm -hmm. can make you powerful. Because so often we say, well, it's just fashion and beauty or it's just whatever. It's just photography. It's not like power. But Michelle has turned that into power. She has shown that we can be powerful about the things, even if they're sort of like the rest of the world diminishes them as sort of girly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But we also, but, you know, Michelle and I really share a thread of, um, of believing in the power of women and, Mm -hmm. and the possibility for change. So that's what connects us. And that's what you have to find. You have to find people who connect you. Totally. Um, I also follow on Instagram. I love Jennifer Fisher and what I love about her is different She's a jewelry designer. Her, you know, Rihanna's like everybody, all the big celebs love her jewelry and she posts those pictures, but she also posts pictures of her kids and like her avocado toast. And so the (laughs) idea that here's this woman who's operating at some of the highest levels with some of the biggest celebrities in the world Mm -hmm. is, is promoting her family because that's what matters most to her feels really resonant to Mm -hmm. me. Like that feels very meaningful. So find, fill your feed with people who inspire you in in meaningful ways mm-hmm. is the, is the goal. But there's a look, you might be able to find chicks in your town and you should, if there's a woman who makes you think, Oh my God, I wish I had some of what she had. Yes. That's a woman you need in your squad. Totally. And I always say someone you should admire, like not someone that you're jealous of, but someone who you're like, wow, like I love what they're doing. And like that, I would love to like have that around and like I pass on some of that glitter that you got going on. Totally. Well, the jealousy is a signal that she has something that you want mm-hmm. and, and you just need to be able to recognize jealousy. Right. Right. And like mm-hmm. feel it, like feel the twinge, but then mm-hmm. say like, well, that's ridiculous. Let's just be best friends. <laughs> right. Totally. Uh, um, and so I think, um, those are the women you want in your squad. I think that there, uh, you know, I say in the book, there's like a list of women you should want in your squad. You yes. need a connector, mm-hmm. right? You need mm-hmm. somebody who says, Oh my God, do you know? So-and-so I'm going to introduce you. Yes. That is my role in my squad, which I love that role so much. It's great. You need an insider, right? You need somebody who knows everybody and who's a little bit, maybe a little bit further ahead in their career than mm-hmm. you are and who invites you along. Um, you need a plus one, right? There's so yes. like so often, it's so hard to go to events by yourself totally. and you don't want to drag. You're certainly not dragging your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You're like, your best friend is like, it's not her industry. She's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you need a plus one. You need somebody who's your industry, who's in your industry, who gets why you're there, who knows mm-hmm. you're there to meet people and to make connections and not to party too hard, right? Like, you know, it's all, there's a lot of rules about going to work events, right? That's what you need. You need a plus one. So Mm -hmm. those are the, that's that's the core of your squad. Right. I think that um, what's been so great, like what's so been so imperative for my like big life has been having my squad. And you're saying like, Filling yourself with people online if you if you live on this airless planet. Um, mm-hmm. And one of like the core members of my squad is someone who – she lives in Boston and she's a YouTuber. So I was just filling my feed with people who I admired. 
And I just sent her a letter like, hey, I think what you're doing is so great. I don't know where you live. If you ever need photos, let me know. I'm in California. Um, And she wrote me back, which I thought was like the most amazing moment of my life. I felt like she was famous. She was writing me a letter. And um, she actually flew out here. And then she flew out here again. And then she flew out here again. And then she flew out here for a month. And then she flew out here for six weeks. And now she's one of like my main, main squad. And so even if you live on this airless planet, we live in a time where like everything is close. Like you have the whole internet to find your squad, you know? Yep. Absolutely. You can do that over Skype. You can do that because you're visiting people. Like it doesn't have to be, if you do live in a small town, I live in a tiny town and I'm still able to find people who live here, but I'm also able to expand because we have this whole, this whole social media thing, this whole globalization thing makes everything so much closer to us. Absolutely. And one of the things that's important to know is that the people that you are making contacts with now Mm -hmm. are going to be your contacts for your life. Mm. That That it's not, these are not transient it's not just for now. And I think yeah. that's sometimes hard to remember, but I was having coffee with a woman the other day and I looked at her and I said, you know what? You and I have had coffee once a year, twice a year for 15 years. Oh my years. gosh, that's crazy. And because, and we are, we're sort of so deeply connected now and understand each other and each other's mm-hmm. lives and businesses so well mm-hmm. that we sort of get down to business right away. What are you totally. working on? What am I working on? How can I help you? How are yeah. your kids? That's amazing. I'll see you and I'll call you and follow up. Like it's a, it's, we have a system, but yeah. when we first started hanging out and talking to each other and being colleagues, we didn't know that we were going to be buds for 15 right. years. Yeah. Right. And, but the, if you are building relationships properly, mm-hmm. the people that you are investing in are going to be your, your lifelong career long totally colleagues. Yes. Okay. So how would you recommend, like, what does it look like to build a relationship properly? We have to give as much as you get, right? You can't just constantly grind people into the ground. You have to be honest. One of, actually with this woman I'm, I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. one of the stories that I remember most vividly is that I was working on a program that was directly competitive with something she was doing. Okay. Okay. And I, I called her and told her, um, I, I was really honest with her. I said, this thing is happening. You should know about it. I can't, I can't not do it because I know. And, and she said, well, we should help each other. Mm. And that didn't actually work out either, but it was a good idea. (laughs) But it was so nice. It was the honesty, right? It was the, it was, I was being honest with her and, and it was, I think, I think that was a real moment for us. It was an important thing. She didn't feel, she could have found out about it later and been like, right. what do you mean? Anne went behind my back. This is ridiculous. Instead, I was upfront with her and yes. we were able to make it an important piece of our relationship. Yeah, you're also Honesty, building trust with that. You're building so much yes. trust. Honesty and trust is so crucially important. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that I don't do business with because I have felt sort of blindsided by them. Uh, and I yeah. feel, and I think that you don't ever want the people that you are um, working with to be surprised. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that like being honest in like your feedback is so important and being like, hey, I kind of know you and like what you're about. And this doesn't feel like it lines up super, super well. Um, you know, so being honest with if you're doing a big project like that, totally. Um, but then also like in your feedback and being able to trust that person's opinion. And it's so nice to have like someone who supports you no matter what, but also just as important to have someone who's going to be like, I don't know, like maybe we could go a different route with that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You're right. You want people who are honest with you, people who are candid. 
Totally. I also think that like one of the most important things in friendship and in any kind of relationship is like showing up for them, you know, like in ways when it's like I'm hosting this like art gallery and you want to like – when those people are part of your squad, you want to be supporting their business in like any way you can. Yes. And Literally think, showing up. Exactly. <laughs> Actually like, human, your human You're human. There. Yes. And I think that's so important. And you think about just like you're saying like over the years you realize the people who like you've hung on to and you didn't realize 15 years ago, but you guys have kept showing up for coffee. If you guys didn't keep showing up for coffee, you, you wouldn't be doing that. So it's so important to – physically show up for these people. And I think people forget that a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. Have you ever read the book Start With Why? No. It's, it's I don't even know who the author is, but it's an amazing book. Um, and he talks about like in a trapeze show, the the acrobats who have like a net underneath them are more willing to try new things and they will have like a more consistent, sustainable show. But then the acrobat who like doesn't have the net might like get like this one like, oh my God, look, he's so cool. He doesn't have a net and he's trying this scary trick. But then it won't be like a sustainable thing. And this weekend I spent like a girl's trip in San Jose with two of my best girlfriends, my best like squad girlfriends. Um, and one of them was saying like, I feel like you guys are my net. I feel like I can try new yeah, things nice. because I have you guys to fall back on. Not if I fail. I don't think I'm going to fail. But I just feel safer and I can feel like I can try bigger and better things. And I think that that's the, the, the biggest thing of my squad is that I feel like I can totally try new things. I probably won't flop, but if I did, that they would be there. And, that's nice. You know, and I think that's so important and, like, lets us be creative with what we're trying to go out there and do. And I think that's why it's so important to have. Like, not – besides everything else, like, you can feel more you when you have somebody kind of backing you up. Yes. yes and and it is hard to do big things. Mm -hmm. It requires every ounce of your energy and your creativity and you need people around you who lift you up but also people who make you feel secure and yes. loved, right? Who yes. who make you feel loved um without limits, right? right? That they say, oh, and then, the, and who sympathize with you? Oh, that's, I have two best girlfriends. One says, oh my God, that's the worst. You must feel awful. And another one who says, that's cool. You, what's the next thing for yeah, you, right? On, you need right. both sides. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so true. You need, you kind of like, there's several different people that you need in your squad. And, and sometimes they can be the same person. That can be the same person who says, that really sucks. Okay. Now we're moving on. I like last night I spoke, I speak at a bunch of sorority meetings because that's what I do is I photograph sororities. And the last one totally flopped. I made this most awkward joke. Nobody laughed. And I was like, it was so awkward. I was there for six minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, those girls are never going to, like, ever come to me ever again. And I went to uh, my friend Paige's house. She's actually my neighbor and part of my squad. And she's like, it just sounds like they must have been, like, really tired. It was 8 o'clock on a Sunday. Like, it just sounds like they – like, it's not – it wasn't you. That joke wasn't that bad. And I was like, thank you for understanding. That just makes me feel yeah. so good. And it's so nice to have people who can, like – you can come to and they can kind of make your flop seem like not that big of a deal and like it's totally going to be fine. And when you're putting yourself out there so much as we have to do as women who own our own businesses, those things are going to happen all the time and you need somebody like available right away <laughs> to be like, it's going to be totally fine. Don't be scared to do it again. You And you probably need that person three times a week, totally, right? It's like totally. you, need, you need regular contact yes, with that human yes, being. For sure. Okay. Who's a part of your squad? So it's interesting. My squad is – um, it's not a regular meetup of yes. chicks, right? Yes. But there are, I have a short list of women that I can call and, um, 
they are the, just like I said, I have one who's the connector. I have one who's the ideas person who says like, that's a great idea, but what if you did these three things? Right. And it would be exhausting if she wasn't absolutely right all the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I do have a woman who is an insider who, um, a couple of them, frankly, who I'm very lucky, um, to, um, I wouldn't say they were my mentors cause mm-hmm. we don't, ha- we don't have time for that kind of a relationship, <laughs> but if I call but they, but they operate at a different level than I do. Right. And if I call them for advice, um, or a specific ask, um, they're very willing to make those things happen. Yes. Yes. I love that. <clears throat> I think that all of my friends, we kind of all like mentor each other. You know what I mean? I like, need a plus one though. The plus ah. one is the one that's the hardest for me. Uh-huh. I frankly, I've gotten over the idea that I need to go to an event with somebody. I'm okay. perfect. I am perfectly happy to go Doing on my own. I, I recognize that it's hard to do, but I like walk into the room, get a drink and then turn to whoever is standing next to me and say hello and make, fr- make a friend right. because everybody's life is so busy. And I would find that if I, if I needed a plus one for every single event, I would never go anywhere. Right? Totally. I can't, I can't, it's, it's like, I can't get my squad, mm-hmm. um, all on the same page. So yeah. I've, that has been, um, that's another piece of advice I would offer is, um, be your own plus one, just go totally. to the bar and turn yes. to whoever's standing there and make, make conversation. Totally. And how like powerful must that feel after, you know, being like, I did that anyway. Like I'm so, I'm so good at everything. I can just go to a bar by myself. It's amazing. Well, you know why you're there, right? You know, you're right. there. It's there. You're there for business. It's not like you're going to make best friends and you're not going for dating. You're going mm-hmm. for business. So you, so you have a goal in mind. You're like, I'm here. I need to meet X, Y, and Z, or I need to learn X, Y, and Z. And like, just don't worry about who's, who's sitting next to you. Right. Right. Okay. What other piece of advice would you have for listeners who are like, I have no idea where to find these people. Like I don't follow anybody online. It's like really hard to find people in my town. Like how would you recommend they find them and then like initiate the like, let's be friends conversation? Well, I don't believe that you don't have anybody, right? Like you're working and you have a passion project, right? Mm -hmm. If you, let's say, even if you have a job that you're like, I'm just doing this job to pay my bills because I, because, and it hasn't, does not speak to my soul at all. You need to have a passion project on the side. The thing that makes you feel, um, rewarded makes you feel, makes you feel strong. You actually say in your book, you say your side hustle is you paying yourself, which I was like, I love that so much because paying yourself in self-esteem. Yes. Yes. So those are, and so look, maybe you have a project that you need help with. I feel like everybody's looking for, to do something interesting, find Mm -hmm. other people who are, who you need to make your project happen. Do you need somebody who's awesome at at social media marketing? Mm -hmm. Do you need somebody who can build the site for you? Do Mm -hmm. you need somebody who can make partnerships and business arrangements? Do you need an attorney? Like if everybody, like maybe your squad gets focused around this one project that you're doing together and everybody brings their pieces to bear. Um, but sometimes that's the best place for a squad to start. What that requires is you like, I use the term putting yourself out there a lot and saying like, hey, I'm sharing this thing that I'm doing. I'm trying to like put my magnetic feelers out there to kind of magnetize people towards me. If you keep it like all to yourself and never tell anybody about it, it's going to be a little bit difficult to find people who resonate with your message when you're not telling anybody right. about your message. Yes. Yes. So key to like start dropping hints about it, telling people what you do, et cetera. And like, and also like identifying with like who you're, who you want to be, like 
for when I was still working as a learning therapist and a nanny, I said, the first thing I said was like, I'm a photographer. And I wasn't like, oh, I'm a nanny. And I kind of like do this. And then like I drive for Chase Bank at night. And like, blah, blah, blah. like I was like, I'm a photographer. That's what I am. So that I could find the people who resonated with that um, instead of like, I don't know, other nannies who I'm sure were lovely, but maybe not would resonate with like my take over the world mentality. Um, and so I think that's so important to do as well to kind of like put yourself out there so that you can attract people who are doing kind of the same thing. Right. Yes. Be be bold in sharing what yes. makes you uh, what what sparks your passion. Yes, I love that. I'm literally just like writing quotes from this episode down. There's so Good. many of them. There's so That's many. That's great. Is there any other super fun things you would love to share with my audience, who would be people who are starting their own businesses or in the thick of their own businesses? Like any lovely nugget of advice they could get from your book, or that like from your heart you could share with us. I would leave you with this one thought. Um, which is um, the world might not always feel your power, Mm -hmm. but it's so important for you to feel it and to recognize that whatever headwinds you're facing, that is just making you stronger and smarter and Mm -hmm. sharper Mm -hmm. and that uh, the world will catch up. (laughs) The world will catch up. I love that so much. That feels so good to think about. I love that. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you, Asia. This has been fantastic. I I loved it. This is so great. I'm wishing everybody best of luck in building their big life. Thank you so much, Anne. I'm going to stop recording and then I'm going to say my goodbyes to you. But thank you guys so much for tuning in today and for listening. I'm going to have all the links to everything that we talked about on today's show, including where you guys can go get and download the guide to hold your own badass babes dinner because it sounds so effing awesome. I'm definitely going to start doing it for myself. And I hope you guys have a fabulous freaking day.